Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Soul Podcast. My name is Melissa. And I am Sammy, and we are your hosts. This is a podcast about life, inspirational stories about facing life's challenges, rising through the obstacles to find happiness, success, abundance, and love. So grab yourself your favorite warm drink, get comfortable, and prepare to be inspired. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Happy Soul Podcast today. Today, I'm here with Bobby, who I met when we were in Vietnam, and it was so cool. So we, my husband and I had booked uh, a a tour guide bus, and we decided to book a limo, quote unquote. It was just a big bus with nice seats because we had Theo with us. We just thought that was going to be more comfortable for a two-hour car ride, and our only other guest on it was Bobby. And so we met, and we started chatting, and she has a really cool story, at least that I found from just, I don't want to go into it. I'm going to let her tell it to us. But just her experience of going to school and moving across the world and what that's been like for her. And obviously, there's a lot of questions I didn't get to ask her that I hopefully will get to ask her today on the call tonight. But I'm really excited for everybody to hear Bobby today and her story. And she was just sharing with me a little bit about how she's felt like she's been growing uh, in not necessarily the more, I guess, traditional capitalist type of way, but more and more spiritually and herself and her growth during this whole journey. And so I'm going to let her dive right into that. And then maybe we'll segue into a little bit more about, about Bobby in a bit. So Bobby, tell me a little bit more about what you were just saying in terms of how you've been growing and developing on this trip that you're on. And then I want, and then we'll go back to telling the story that we were talking about. But Thank you so much for that introduction. First of all, I want to say I'm very flattered that you invited me here today because I don't I don't really particularly think that my story is very interesting or insightful. But then you prompting me to come in here and have a conversation with you, it made me think like critically about what it is that I potentially have to say. So I think um I just turned 25 and there's a lot of questions about, you know, where I'm at and what am I doing with my life. And, you know, I uh, I live in Cambodia. But many of my friends back in London are advancing with their careers and making big moves. But I'm kind of not exactly in that place. And when I made the decision to come here, it was, you know, either move back to London uh, from my hometown, Portsmouth, or, you know, come to Cambodia. And it does feel like, you know, it's coming up to the year that I've been here and it's kind of like, what have I achieved? And, you know, the comparison is, you know, it's easy to get down and to think like I'm not making these advancements, but then undeniably I am making advancements. It's just that they're more deep rooted. And I think that as I have been kind of struggling to find my place professionally, it's made my spiritual life stronger and it's it's reconnecting back to something which I had lost when I was in the capitalist rap race in the UK. It's just, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking. Like, you know, it's really easy to be really hard on yourself and talk to yourself in the worst way, which you would never allow anyone else to talk to you in. And to kind of be able to take little wins as big wins and take away the pressure of like huge wins is kind of like a skill which I feel like the spiritual growth and that type of self-acceptance and 
that's kind of what I I feel like I'm developing, which I feel like is really is better in the long run. Whereas when you're stuck in a capitalist rat race, it's kind of like these types of self-soothing properties or whatever are just not encouraged by society and that's how you end up burnt out so i'm hoping that when i do get back in the capitalist rat race there's going to be a little bit more balance for me well i think it's awesome because you're right we can get lost in that because we get so consumed by like you were saying the big wins and honestly i personally feel like people either stay stuck in that and get burnt out at like 50 or everyone around their 30s finds that and they figure it out like what you're saying a lot of people take longer to figure out and I think because they stay in that and they don't take the time to do exactly what you're doing at least that's what I found from my experience and people that I know is is and people I've met along the way is usually most people they pursue because everything and I'm, I'm based on what you're explaining to me please totally correct me if I'm wrong we are it sounds like the same thing was taught to you that was taught to me is like you go to school you get good grades you get a really good education and that's going to get you a foot in the door to a job but it's nothing to do with you it's your accomplishments and what you're learning now is about you instead of prioritizing your life around accomplishments and that's more important to learn now because it's going to help you in the future. And if you miss that, you're going to be unhappy in some instances in the future. Not everybody, but I think most people. Yeah, I think I think so. I think that you're spot on with that. And um, there's just so much work placed on like career. It's almost like, you know, you, you're expected to go to school and then you're expected to go to university straight away. And then it's almost like, okay, let's get, let's get back into what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Like quickly, you need to find out. I, you know, I have desperately been wanting to, to be in the, this wheel, but it's kind of, I haven't exactly received like the opportunities that I've hoped for. So I'm, it's not really been, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like I've been forced to really like think about, like you said, like about myself and, so I think you're spot on with that, yeah. So tell me a little bit about, so you grew up in Bulgaria, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I moved to the UK when I was nine and I went to school there and then I went to college there and then I went to university in London. I grew up in Portsmouth, which is like a small seaside town. I didn't realize you'd moved there when you were nine. I thought you didn't move there till university, so... Yeah, yeah, no. So, well, growing up in Portsmouth, I always had this like tunnel vision of moving to London, and I really, really wanted to to be in the city and be involved in the hustle and bustle. And so, I lived in London for three years, and then because of COVID, I had a really good situation going on before COVID, as most people did. <laughs> I was doing two days of university. I was doing two days at an internship at a post-production film house. And then I was working two days a week in H&M. So I was really, really like feeling super good, feeling super productive every day. It felt like I was growing and 
working towards something after graduating. And then when COVID hit, I moved back to my hometown. My family lives in Bulgaria. So luckily one of my best friends was like, come back to Portsmouth. And I literally lived, like I lived in her living room, was working in H&M because it was COVID hard to find any type of job. So I just transferred. And and then I ended up working in construction <laughs> for one year. So that was actually one of like like greatest experiences ever because it was just funny. <laughs> but it was also um it was also like a huge growing experience for me because you know, stepping on like when I received the call about the job, she was like it didn't say exactly what it is, it just said admin, like okay. some kind of admin position. And then she calls and she's like, literally the first thing she says to me is like, oh, so how do you feel about working with men? I was like, what? What the hell? And I'm like, I love men. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, okay, can you come to this place uh, tomorrow at 8 a.m.? And then, yeah. And then I took that chance and I went and it was literally like, I showed up looking really nice, like in my blazer and shirt. And I was on a construction site luckily I was wearing boots and so that was just really like great experience because I um made a lot of great friends and it was just interesting to step onto like a field about quite literally but um one that you've never like experienced before and to like learn and grow and it was just an interesting experience another thing is that I was um I was self-employed so because of that, I received like a tax rebate on like everything that was to do with me conducting my business. And so that's when I received the tax rebate and I was like, oh, so this is the, you know, what I've been waiting for. So with this money, I can go back to London and continue what I started or I could go. Well, basically, so one of my best friends who I met in university in London, every time we caught up and she she tell me like, oh, I live in Cambodia. She'd been here for two years at the time, almost. And so she was like, she just kept saying, like, come to Cambodia, come to Cambodia. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. But then suddenly I was like, hold on, like, I could actually go. It was something which I had never, I had really never considered going to Asia or going traveling. It was just not really something that I considered at all. It, it, I thought it would be something which came on really late on when I had loads of money. And it wasn't something that I was ever going to come up with. Well, I knew people, but it wasn't something that in my family we did traveling or it was just not in the forefront of my mind. So I was like, you know what, hold on, like this could actually be great. And then that's what I chose. I chose the Cambodia. When I came here, it was kind of like, all right, let's, I really, I, I thought I'm only going to come here for six months and I'm going to hopefully gain some experience because my friend was like, oh, you know, there's, there's loads of work here. You can kind of step into a field and, you know, gain experience, take that back to London. Because I felt like after the construction thing, I didn't really have so much experience. So I thought I can grow on that and come back. But it just hasn't been that easy. Like, it it hasn't been that easy to find that role that I was hoping. I wanted to do something related to what I might want to do in London. Because you want to get into film, right? That's your goal. Um, 
the thing as well is that I have like kind of a varied interest. So I could really do a lot of things. It, it's kind of like I'm a, what do they say? A jack of all trades, but master of none. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I have decided actually since I saw you, since I met you in Vietnam, I came to Vietnam on a, um, sorry, I'm talking to my, I'm interviewing myself. <laughs> <laughs> no no you do it no you do when great. I came to Ho Chi Minh actually <laughs> that really gave me a kick up my ass because um I really <laughs> love I fell in love with Ho Chi Minh the hustle bustle is obviously what I love so Phnom Penh is like very very quiet and also I when I look at job vacancies as well you know on LinkedIn past 24 hours like Ho Chi Minh has like 500 vacancies every 24 hours whereas in Nampan it's like 70 so the market itself is just not as saturated as other places in Asia and um, that's kind of it kind of gave me a kick and I was like you know what like I really fell in love with Ho Chi Minh I kind of want to come out here but the thing about Vietnam is that you the work visa is more complicated you can't exactly just pay for it like you need to have like a letter like an invitation of employment and that's when I actually was I came back here and I decided that I want to do the teaching course teaching English as a foreign language because um when I had come here I was like no I'm not gonna do this I'm not I don't want to agree to something long term when I know I'm gonna be looking sideways for an opportunity which sparks my interest more and like I didn't want to let people down. So that's the reason. So and I'm and I'm not going to beat myself up about why it's taking me this long to commit to that. I'm just going to accept that this is the time that it was supposed to happen. When I was in Ho Chi Minh, I met one of my roommates and she was a lovely woman from the UK, but I don't know whereabouts. And she was a little bit older. But she had such a spark about her. We were just sitting there talking, talking, talking. And she, she was like, don't close any doors. And I was like, damn, you know, I really did close that door. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Like, what I want to say is everything you just said, talking about the construction job and moving to Cambodia and opening yourself up about the teaching job. When we met, which was like, just over a month ago like not very long in Vietnam and you were like definitely not looking at teaching like that was what you expressed to me like no way I'm not doing that and you were really you mentioned the IT but also some sort of film involvement and obviously there's been some shifts like you said which is really cool but what that shows I think Bobby is your ability to adapt to grow to change your desire to get out of your comfort zone to work towards whatever it is you're working towards even if you don't know what that is yet it just shows your ability to be open to those things which is something that not a lot of people will do a lot of people just to move to Cambodia itself but a lot of people get very like oh I I can't do that on my own I don't know I don't know anything about that how would I do that and that's what holds them back is their let's say inability but their lack of openness to getting out of their comfort zone to being in a place where they're like I have no idea what I'm doing here but I'm gonna try anyways and so I think that's amazing that you've changed that you've done all those things and that you've opened that door and also like you know that whole like 
you know, I went to Asia and found myself. Maybe it wasn't necessarily Asia, but it was these different people, these different experiences, these different cities, all of these things that have opened that have opened your eyes to different things and maybe shifted your perspective. Like even cities that you didn't like as much or weren't as close to your heart shifted your perspective on what you do and don't connect with. And so traveling really does do that kind of stuff for you. I want to ask you about what you just said, but I want to just jump back to one thing. When you were talking about you were in London and then you went back to your hometown and traveling had not really crossed your mind and you were like, I could actually do this. I could actually just go to Cambodia. What was that like for you? Was it like, I could go, I'm going. Or was there like a few days in there that you really had to think about it and figure it out? Like, what was that like processing that for you? Um, It was definitely a process because, you know, I like, Told my mom, you know, I'm thinking about going to Cambodia. And my mom was just like, no, absolutely not. But then, she, you know, she was like, okay, just give me some time to think. And then I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I started telling people, like the guys at work, like, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to go to Cambodia. And they were just like, ha, ha, ha. Like they were just laughing. They were like, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, mm, I think I might. It was just funny because nobody, everyone was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Like, the thing is, my best friend who invited me here, like, she's someone who is extremely inspiring to me as well because I met her at university and, you know, she is, she's um, originally from China, but she's actually Turkish. So we were able to kind of bond on that mutual cultural background. Just, it just felt right. I don't know, it just felt right. Like I knew that I could trust her, that this experience was going to be great. And so I can't even say I don't really feel so brave for coming out here because I'm I'm not alone, you know? Yeah, I just knew that I could trust her. So if she's saying it's great, I knew it would be great. And it really, really is. And it's so much greater than I ever expected because I had never left Europe. So for me, it's a brand new world. And wow, it's just, yeah, I don't know. That's in it. That's the thing. So I feel so bad being depressed or like upset or angry because I'm kind of like, how could I be? In England, it's very easy <laughs> because it's great. People are horrible, but like you know, here people are like the weather's magnificent, the food delightful, and it's just like, what is this? I I can't allow myself to be upset. I just can't, even though I really want to. <laughs> even that pickle, was that pickle oh delightful? The pickle was actually not great. So <laughs> I, I fell for the hot pickle American scam. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but when you eat it, you're like, it's not bad. And you just look like you wanted to throw up. Yeah, because it had, so this is like, so this is like an American staple as far, I don't know, you don't have this in Canada? I don't know, I've. I've, I've never seen, seen it, it online. It was the only pickle in the middle of like the jar section. So I think that pickle might have been there for a long time. I mean, I'm, it was worth trying, but I just can't believe like there's so many things, snacks I've tried from America. I can't believe you kept eating it. Oh my God. You eat it and it's like, what the hell is this? What, is, what else? Like that twink, twinkle stuff. Twinkies taste like, like, it's just like, what is this rubbish? <laughs> I've never had one, but there's jokes about Twinkies all over the map because you go to the States. Yeah. And I mean, we, I'm sure, have our own things that are the same, but 
I, there's jokes about Twinkies because they just never go bad and they're like all over the map. I've never had one, but I thought it was hilarious. Anyways, I want, oh, what did you say that I want to ask you about? Um, the being brave. I think that's the thing about being brave and taking chances is when you do them, you don't ever feel brave. You're never like, I'm going to do this and I'm so brave for doing it. You usually feel scared shitless and totally unsure of what's about to happen, but you do it anyways. And so you never, you never feel brave, but to people watching you are. So I just want you to know that those, those you're always scared. Maybe not scared shitless. One of the two, you're the scared shitless or you have no idea what's about to happen, but you're going to do it anyways, because it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And it's also, they say, you know, that whatever scares you, whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, that's what you need to be in. I think that's really interesting. And then also my personal motto is only dead fish go with the flow. It's true. That's so factual. You can really see that imagery. And that's what I kind of felt like with the construction thing, because I was earning good money, but there was no real progression. Unless I was to study, um, not study, but take the health and safety course. And with women in construction, it's kind of, well, I mean, there is obviously you can become a tradie, but it's more like health and safety route kind of prospect, um, yeah. which is great money, you know? And I really enjoyed, constru- I actually really enjoyed the construction industry. Um, but, you know, I was like, what am I doing realistically like if I carry on with this it's just like what am I actually doing with my life and that's when I felt like that was like a pivotal point because it's like this is good for my wallet and I enjoy drinking tea and eating biscuits all day but like what am I actually doing with my life like (laughs) and so yeah I agree that that was like super pivotal point where I was like I can't I need to you know do something mm-hmm. I had a moment like that too I understand so I had this interview that we me and Melissa did last week I think it was right before I left and the woman said this and you were talking about earlier about you know the jack of all trades master of none and that you have you know multiple things you're passionate about and she said this quote and I'm gonna not say it as eloquently as she did but I think it would hit home for you and it was Basically, if you don't feel excited about the path that you're on, it's not passion that you're missing, it's purpose. And I thought it was so good because it's true. We all passion, and she goes into talking about passions change. You can be passionate about IT, you can be passionate about construction, you can be passionate about the film industry. But if you don't feel like you're you're fulfilling your purpose, whatever that may be, uh, and you have to find your purpose because everyone's different. If you don't feel like you're filling that, then whatever you're doing that you're passionate about is not going to feel fulfilling and like what you should be doing. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really good one. It is. So how does it feel now being in Cambodia, right? With, with you know, you had to leave, you've been there for nine months now, I think. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's coming up to a year soon. It feels really good. I've got like a really good group of friends and now that I am kind of I can kind of see the path I'm on clearer because you know I'm doing the teaching the teaching course but what's funny as well is like as soon as I kind of committed to the teaching course and started to you know to do that I also started to receive like calls back about jobs 
I had an interview maybe two days ago that I'm hoping to hear back from soon. And it's it's just a not it's a frustrating feeling because I know this to be true. You know, if God only helps you when you help yourself. It does definitely feel like once I stopped actually being stagnant and I started developing skills and building on my own prospects that I started to receive little messages. But yeah, and I'm just working on not alienating myself and because I I don't really like talking about where I'm at and like how it's not really working out and it's hard to shake off this feeling that you're not doing enough and it's annoying because I would literally rather just the type of person I am is that I would rather just like lock myself away not talk to anyone and then just like pop out with like an amazing job you know I'm sure everybody feels this way but it's kind of like trying I'm I'm working on like not being like this recluse who doesn't want to admit things are not you know going to plan and and also that's kind of yeah it's it's that really um that's how it's kind of going it's just about you know accepting that things are not perfect and they don't need to be right now and appreciating the little wins that's really beautiful so what has shifted for you from like your mindset and thought process from being in London to being in Cambodia? What's shifted for you? I think it's just the, the appreciation of the small things. And I am Orthodox Christian, but I had kind of lost my sense of mm, you know, spirit. You know, you kind of need to have I mean, ideally, you would be praying twice a day, constantly thinking about, like, God, how great he is, and this and that, and being constantly grateful. And when you're, you know, in a modern world where you're being distracted constantly by absolutely everything, everything designed to make you trip and fall and, and to forget, like, what is really important in this world, it I feel like I had disconnected completely from that aspect of like spirit. And I feel like now, especially when I have so much around me to be grateful for, when I'm trying to be upset, when I'm trying really hard to be upset and like to be like alienated from everybody, it's brought my sense of spirit back and it's stronger because it's like, hold on, look around you and be grateful and appreciate life for what it is. So that's kind of what I was starting the point in the beginning. Like, I feel like when you are in a big city and you're working like a dog, Monday to Friday, and then the weekend comes and you're like, how can I, how can I get drunk? How can I forget about the week and waste as much money as possible in the process? It's very easy to just forget about what's actually important in life. That's how I feel like my my attitude has shifted. What would be the things in real life that you would say you have become more grateful for and that you are noticing for yourself? Um, I'm really grateful for the, obviously the people in my life. I'm really grateful for the food, food here. <laughs> you know, just eating fresh fruit and 
just honestly the food because that's actually something that in the UK is like a severe problem that I believe causes that the mass hysteria over there like here we don't have any frozen food at all we don't really eat I don't use the microwave it's kind of like everything that we eat is super fresh you know you can go out and get someone to make something for you right there and then obviously the weather is a lot better yeah it's just kind of things like that you know just really being grateful for the small things which are not really so small you know food and people are really important you're totally right though Bobby like even when we were in Vietnam we you know you get up I don't really go on Facebook but Facebook updates popped up on my phone I hadn't turned them off because I just gotten a new phone right before we came and there was notifications coming from our community page that I was a part of and people like most of them were people complaining about dogs pooping on their lawn <laughs> and how mad they were about <laughs> and what do I do about this? How are people so rude? Why can't people be so blah, 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 just going on and on and on, ranting about people, people's dogs pooping on their lawn. And I just want to be like, you know what the problem, how to solve your problem, go to the airport, buy a plane ticket and go to a third world country and be grateful. Like, Be grateful that your biggest problem right now is that this dog pooped on your lawn. Like, are you kidding me? There are so many things in life to be grateful for, to be thankful for, to go and out and enjoy and be happy about. And you're instead sitting on Facebook complaining about the dog that pooped on your lawn. Yeah. Right. And so I think everything you said is exactly right. When you're in that rat race, when you're in that, that space, you forget. It is easy to forget. Mm-hmm all of those amazing little things and whatever it is that it takes to remind you and and everybody will be grateful for different things. But when you pull yourself out of that and you come to a a country, whether it's a third world country or not, but I come to a country that is slower paced, Mm -hmm. that isn't stuck in that rat race. That is you, there's so much obvious beauty around you. You start to see the little things that are beautiful too, that are, like you said, actually big things. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. 100%. So what do you find that you're working towards now? Have you figured that out yet? Or is that still kind of to be determined? I'm working on telling myself that I don't need to be perfect every single day, but I do need to show up for myself every single day. And just kind of like making sure that I am developing each day towards something which is important to me, you know? And um not allowing myself to fall down depression-esque spirals. No, there's no good. It's just more harm. You know, when you wake up and, you know, those days where it's like, I'm not going to take care of myself today. You know, that's something that I, I, I want to say I'm leaving behind. But like, especially like having turned 25, I feel like it's, it's really, I don't want to make any types of, it's really important not to set these days will come, but I'm just really, I think that's the difference. You know, my mom told me that like your cortex closes when you turn 25 and your brain just starts making better decisions. So I'm kind of hoping that that's going to kickstart soon. <laughs> no, um, it's just, yeah, just showing up every day for myself, basically. That's what I'm working on. And not, yeah, just talking to myself better. 
because it's just shocking really how how badly we're we're willing to talk to ourselves when if someone else spoke to us like that if we spoke like that to other people then you just wouldn't it would not it would not go down you're right yeah you're totally right on on all friends number one your your prefrontal cortex does develop when you turn 25 it's why sometimes we wonder why we let people under 25 make a lot of decisions because and we get you know you're 18 you should know what you're doing now it's like like physically your brain is not developed till you're 25 so why are we putting pressure on all these 18 19 year olds to decide what they want to do for the rest of their life when their brain actually isn't capable of doing those things so yes but also this if this is too personal of a question just tell me and i can totally cut it out of the recording but you know, you've mentioned it a couple times, depression-esque spirals, depression-type days. Is that something that you've struggled with in the past? No, absolutely not. I would definitely not classify myself as having depression. But I but I think that it's a spectrum that everybody is on. And it's just like one of the many types of ups and downs that people go through. And that's kind of it. You know, I would definitely not not say that but I just think like it happens it's completely natural and you know this um I you know I wouldn't want anyone to think that if they feel that way that they're the only one or I just think we all we all go through it what you're saying is that we all go through it it's just different different levels different capacities different situations you're right we all do have up and down days no matter how happy you see someone that person definitely has down days And that's an important thing. Absolutely. Because I think people feel alone. And actually, Melissa was just talking about this, not depression specifically, but the idea that people think we can look at someone on social media or even in real life and just look at like their life is so perfect. They're this, they're that, the other thing. And if we never open up about the other struggles we all have, it makes people feel more alone. And so it's really important, like you just said, to be open and saying that we all have these struggles. We all, no, but none of us are perfect. Yeah, so I think that's a really great thing like, that you I, just said. And this is kind of the reason why I, I was like, you know what, let me, let's have this conversation because I was like, what the hell do I have to say? I have done quote unquote nothing with my life for a long time now. Because that's how I feel. You know, when I talk to myself badly, I'm like, oh you piece of shit like what about you have done nothing like nothing to show nothing to tell like in you know in the last xyz amount of time you know what though this is kind of like this is the down like this is quote unquote the worst time of my life <laughs> no, no no i wouldn't say that but you know like this is kind of the down this is the the, the worst that i have has felt like i have been at you know my wallet is empty and I just don't, there is no, there is no, it doesn't seem like I can show anyone any type of achievement. But then I was like, this is exactly why we need to talk. Because if anyone's listening who feels like they're not where they want to be, they want to hide, they don't want to talk to anyone, and they want to cry until 3 a.m., like, they should hear that I also feel <laughs> that way and know that we're in this together. Um, I feel like this is important. It's important that people talk about all I've wanted to do is hide and all I've wanted to do is not talk to anyone for a long time. So that's kind of why I felt like it was important to 
talk about it. And, you know, if anyone feels the same way, they they should just, and this is kind of like the fear thing again. It's like once you kind of face the fear, it's like, well, cool, now what? Yeah, everyone knows I'm a bum publicly now. But like, cool, I feel liberated, you know, and and I'm moving forward. I'm smiling because, again, the bravery thing like you just said I don't want to talk to anybody and yet now I'm talking publicly like the bravery thing the overcoming the desire to face a fear and go for it it's amazing Bobby and it's going to take you so many places and so that feeling that you're having I know it will pass and I know that amazing things are coming your way and you're going to do some amazing things and thank you so much for for talking and sharing because what you're saying is impactful and is going to help somebody who's feeling alone and lost. Thank you so much. So I thank you so much for being open and honest about that. And, and <laughs> so I want to ask like with everything that, you know, you've, you've expressed to us that the going to school, the being stuck in the rat race, the feeling like you've lost things in the rat race, the moving to Cambodia, the shifts you've made in terms of, you know, being like, I'm not getting involved in teaching. Now I'm going to look at teaching. And when we chatted wanting to get into the film industry and now maybe not that you don't want to, but it's just kind of not, doesn't sound like it's the main focus anymore. Is it, that accurate? It's not that it's not. I, I still, I, the problem is that I feel like an easy way for me to really get into it is to practically get into it. So in, in London, that's an easy thing to do. I, have made a couple of short films during my studies and one after, but it has not been something that I have felt really good about. And you know, the problem is that with this type of, with the art industries, it's very easy to fall out. And also the, the um, imposter syndrome is super strong with art. It's very, very easy to feel like you need to be producing something well, it's very hard to produce something that you feel happy with. It's extremely hard. And that's what they say about art is that it's never completed. It's only kind of, it's never going to be finished. Nothing will ever be finished because you can always do more. You can always kind of work on it and add more and improve. But it, whatever you, whenever you see something, a piece of art, so film, paintings, photography, whatever you, photography collections whatever you see is never what the artist has finished and been like yeah amazing this is exactly what I wanted it's always whatever they believe has been has met a certain standard that they are now confident in letting people see and it's just I feel like I have falling out of that and it's kind of it's not that I don't want it it's just um right now the things that I could do out of my reach that I know I can there's always things to do but I'm just a little bit like I'm in a stage of falling out but it's not something that I don't want to do and I also think it's something that um it's always going to be there and it's always something that I can come back to and there's other ways that I'm like kind of thinking about it yeah that makes sense and that's the thing with jobs and any kind of business is it's there you can always come back to something those kinds of things will always be there and that's what I always said about travel because travel was always a big thing for me having kids and travel were always my important things for me in life and I mean a wonderful relationship obviously we needed to start that off but jobs will always be there 
a house can always be there. Those physical things are always available for your entire life. They may be harder at different stages, but they are always available. Some stuff gets different when you get older or when things happen, right? Like going hiking through the backwoods in Cambodia is a lot harder when you're 60 than when you're 25. It's not that you can't do it. It's very different and not bad, but probably not the travel you were envisioning, right? It's so it's different. And I think doing those things that are really important now is going to help open up the doors to things that actually are going to be what you want later on. So anyways, that's kind of a tangent, but so you, you do, you do still are interested in that. It's just, you're in a shifting phase right now of doing different kinds of things. Do you feel like there's been something that's been like the biggest challenge for you in terms of overcoming anything that would you would consider a fear or a not really sure this is the right path kind of situation? Do you feel like there's been anything consistent in that that's been like a big challenge that you've overcome or are overcoming? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say there's one example in particular. I would say like my biggest enemy is imposter syndrome. You know, but I'm kind of trying to like tell myself that, you know, it doesn't exist and that you just really do need to step into every room and give a hundred percent. That imposter syndrome is what's leading or what has led me to perhaps not say exactly everything. I think the challenge with me is the the jack of all trades. So, you know, I don't have anything in particular. I'm I'm good. It's kind of like this. Like when I was in school, when I was doing A levels, I got I have ten A levels and they're all B grade, and I, that is exactly how I would describe myself even now. You know, I'm extremely interested in a variety of things, but I am not proficient or even experienced really in any of them. My biggest strength is probably talking to people like customer service just based on the fact that that's like what I have the strongest like you know I've been working in like customer service role since I was 16 but like I am extremely interested in so many things but I just and the, the problem is that when you step into the room and you're like okay time to network it's hard for someone to hire you when your your experience is just like sporadic being like a mixed bag of skills is just it's I know that it's going to be extremely useful but it's hard to market yourself you know and that's kind of the biggest challenge I'm facing you know it's kind of like how do I tell someone why they should hire me and that's I I would say that's it and then also how to kill the imposter syndrome because in reality you're it's it's not it's not wrong but it's also like you need to tell yourself that it is wrong no that makes sense those are hard things to overcome especially the imposter syndrome. That's been a common a common theme with many people that we've spoken to um, in terms of the imposter syndrome. And I think when it comes to the networking side of things is on paper, yeah, on paper, somebody who has a billion different jobs is doesn't stand out. But in person, that's when people stand out. That's when you can see this these differences. I remember seeing this video years ago and it was, a bunch of like higher ups in the company and they were handed a whole stack of resumes and they there was no names and no genders and no birth dates, but they were given all the information and they had to choose who they would get an interview for and who wouldn't based on the, the paper alone. 
And then they were given the pile of people they said no to back. And the people, like they were given the names and genders and everything of the people in that pile. And most of the people in those piles were people they knew personally. And when they looked at the person, they were like, I would 100% hire this person. Like, I didn't know this was their resume, but based on their work ethic and their people skills, like I would absolutely hire that person. And so the video was to show these people that you have to stop choosing who gets an interview just off of a resume because a resume does not speak for a person's skills. And it's, I think, I don't know if that video specifically, but a lot of studies like that are why a lot of companies like Google and some other ones stopped hiring based off of just like school credentials, because they realized that people are really good at going to school, learning, getting A grades and regurgitating for the test, but they have no people skills. They have no problem solving skills, anything that's out of their comfort zone, they won't do like, and you want people who want those things. These people can learn anything. The people who won't do those things are hard to teach and hard to train. So you want the people who do these things. Maybe they have school and that's great, but these are the people that you want to work for you because they are the ones who are going to work really hard and climb the ladder. So I know when you're 25, I remember being 25. I remember being like, everything was supposed to be great by now. What's happening? Like, what is this? What am I doing with my life? I remember being there. And it's not like I have it all sorted out right now, but like there's this reel that's out right now on Instagram. And it's something like those dreams you had once, those dreams you've dreamed before, you're living some piece of those now. And I'm like, basically all of them, I'm living them now. Like they're not exactly how I pictured them, but they're like pretty freaking close. And so they do happen. They do come. And when you're a hard worker and a problem solver, it does happen. So I just want to say that. But I wanted to ask you just something else that you you said earlier was, uh, you said when I asked you to be on the podcast, you were like, what the heck do I have to talk about? And I was asked to be on a podcast long before I had our podcast. And I <laughs> said the same thing. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? I got nothing. And after my episode released, she was like, so many people loved your episode. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet of you to tell me that. And I'm like, listening to you say things, I'm like, <laughs> so many people are going to love this, Bobby, like actually. But I'm not just saying that to toot your horn. I wouldn't say it if I didn't think it. But were there things that you haven't chatted about already that you came up with that you were like, oh, like I could talk about this, or this is something I learned that would be valuable that you thought of when I asked you to be on the podcast? I don't know. I think we pretty much covered it all just kind of about the spiritual world that was kind of what I thought was really important to tell people like that I just think it's so easy to just be like to put yourself down and you know think like people think this of you people think that of you but when you when you actually think highly of yourself and accept yourself no matter what then I think you allow then you can allow people to do the same for you. And I think, like, you know, I realized that the things that you're afraid of people saying to you when you show them your true self are the things that you're already saying to yourself in private and you just don't really want to have people kind of confirm these things for you. But then if you let them, then you basically free yourself of that fear. It's like, yeah it's the you know it's that the realization that 
you're already having these thoughts by yourself. And it's like, you know, I think nine times out of ten, people are not really going to say that to you. But then if you tell yourself, like, okay, well, whatever, like, let them, then it's just like, okay, then now what? Like, did you die? No. So you can just move forward and, you know, not miss out on certain things. Oh, my gosh, Bobby. I want to just, like, give you an applause. That was so good. That was so good. (laughs) For real, for real. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bobby. So we are on 14 hours of time difference right now. It is 10 p.m. for me, and it is lunchtime for you, if that is correct. And so you called in from Cambodia. This was such a good conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me and... Oh, it's just been so good. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bobby, for being on here today with us at the Happy Soul Podcast. It was a pleasure hosting you. There are so many pieces that like I cannot wait to clip out and post on a reel and like on our Instagram that you they're just like brilliant pieces of information that I hope just make you feel amazing once I pull them out and send them out there because they are beautiful. So thank you so much for your time for coming on here. I am so glad we met in Vietnam. Like we weren't gonna do that tour, but I'm really glad that we did. So Thank you very much for being on here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm honestly so, so happy to have met you and your husband and your beautiful son in Vietnam. And yeah, and also if your if your listeners are hiring remotely, uh, let me know. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please feel free to find us on our Instagram page at thehappysoul.podcast and share with us your biggest takeaway from today's episode. We can't wait to see you again next time on The Happy Soul Podcast. With love, Sammy and Melissa.